0: This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN six ninety and ESPN 690com Well, I think that he's going a load of confidence right now, and uh, that that is uh, very exciting. He's got a skill set with the size, speed, able to come in and out of cuts. I think we can do a little bit more with him. I'd like to get him inside a little bit, do some more things with him in the slot. Um, uh, but he he he's a, he's an excellent specimen, and, and the thing about no one got to know about dj and the little limited time i got to meet him is uh he's hungry he wants to be great and uh when you have the athletic qualities that he has and then a desire to be great uh he's gonna have a very bright future now it's just our job to get him acclimated to this offense and uh, get him comfortable or he can go out there and play fast because he's big strong fast hungry kid and uh we got to get him the ball
1: dj char coming off of pro bowl year the thoughts of jay gruden on the Jaguars' young wide receiver. And this is a big year for for DJ because if you follow it up and you can establish yourself as a guy, yep. you know. And right now, listen, it's fair to wonder. I'm not, I'm not sitting here criticizing DJ Chark. I thought he was awesome last year. But when he went from nothing to something, I think it is you can be curious on, okay, now what, right? Mm-hmm. What's really interesting early in the year last year mm-hmm. is that DJ got a ton of targets when Minshew came in. Because yeah. those guys had worked a lot. Yeah. You know? Yep. Uh, on the, whether it's second team or I think Minshew had just thrown him a lot of football, was comfortable doing it. Yeah. Whereas I think Conley would have got a ton of the attention. Yeah. Had Foles stayed in the game because yeah. of, well, their relationship.
2: I love the comment coming from Gruen talking about Chark in the slot. Do you know why? Because I'm going to name a couple of names here and tell me your thoughts about these names, Brett. Michael Thomas. Heard of, Heard of him. Pretty good, right? Tyreek Hill. Heard of him. DeAndre Hopkins. Heard of him. They all are dynamic wide receivers who can play every position on the field of wide receiver. They can play in the slot. They can play on the inside. They can play on the outside. With what Gruden just told me right here saying that we can see DJ Tric playing some more of the slot. That goes to show you just what kind of confidence Gruden has in Chart going forward, and I like it.
1: Yeah, and, uh, I think the growth of DJ Chark is something to watch. I think it was a lot of fun last year, mm-hmm. and, and now he has a really chance, a chance to blossom along with Minshew and, and could easily become Minshew's favorite guy, Yeah, right, favorite target, have a go-to guy in those situations, which a lot of good quarterbacks uh, certainly have that. Brett Martin Austin Lane. Coos on a Tuesday, a rainy one here in Jacksonville. Let's welcome in Jason Fitz to the program. We do that on Tuesdays. Hope you had a nice Memorial Day weekend, man.
3: I did. How about you guys? Yeah, a little.
1: It's been raining down here. It hadn't rained for like two months, so the last couple of days have been kind of wet. But overall, it was uh, a nice three-day week. And, heck, Austin, like, climbed some mountain or oh,
3: something. Yeah. Quandary hey, peaking. You know,
2: that's what, that's, what,
3: <laughs> Go ahead. that's what you, like, lifetime fitness people do. You're just like, you know what? I've been fit my whole life. So I'm going to go climb a mountain. When you're like me, you're like, you know what? I haven't been fit my whole life in my streets on a slight incline. I'm going to try and walk up and down one block. So, well, so there we go. So first of all, Jason,
2: real quick, um, it was Quandary Peak in Colorado. And I appreciate the term lifetime fitness guy. Not sure if that's an insult or a, a positive because I think of lifetime fitness and I think of geriatrics. I'm, I'm like the, the the roller the whole time, not really doing much. But I'll take your Someday word for, for it. You. Someday for me. Oh, yeah, probably
3: like no, two no, no, years so down like the road.
4: The,
3: the Ben Perry's drummer is a, a guy named Boone, and Boone and I are still very close. And Boone, I called him a lifetime fitness guy because, like, Boone was just racked and stacked, and, and he'd just walk into a gym. And the minute, like, you could tell lifetime fitness guys because they quickly put on muscle. They quickly take on, off fat because they've been working out since they were, like, four years old. Yep. And then, like, the minute they walk into the gym, they start sweating a little bit because their metabolism runs better than mine does. I do so, sweat So, like, a lot. you know that. <laughs> and then, like, you know that, like... The minute they eat, they're gonna have to go to the bathroom like four seconds later because their body is a machine that turns it out. Like you, lifetime fitness people, I've got you figured out.
2: Man, you know, what, Jason, Domino see, man. That sounds like my, my standard Tuesday here. You <laughs> yes, know, I mean, uh, I'm
3: putting prime
2: fuel in my body, and two minutes later, uh, it comes out silly. But hey, Brent, if anything. Hey, marketing people in our apartment. let's give me a protein endorsement or something like that, obviously. Because Jason Fitz... He's is nailed honored. it. He yeah. pegged it. But, Jason, we talked about it a little bit. So, yeah, actually, I, I climbed Quandary Peak. It's like 14,000 elevation. To be honest, not easy. Probably the top three hardest things I've ever done. And a question we've kind of had on the show today a little bit is, what's the hardest thing that you've been able to accomplish? Jason Fitz, what is your hardest thing you've been able to accomplish so far?
3: Uh, I mean, if you're talking physically when i was in the best shape of my life i was very proud that i did um i did one of those insanity uh i don't know if you guys know what that is but like the shantee like insanity yeah. thing i actually went front to back never missed a day did the entire thing ate the way i was supposed to did the workouts the whole time that was probably physically the most grueling because one day of insanity not the biggest deal but when you're on like day i don't know 47 and you can't feel your legs anymore and you just want to <laughs> die that's sort of it but and I got a lot of respect for what you did as far as climbing because I'll never forget with the band, we were in Montana and you know, they got the, the hill, I think it's in Billings with the little M on top. And we were laughing. We're like, I don't know, is it a hill or is it a mountain? So we started climbing it and we're like, ah, it's a hill. And by the top, we were like, this was a mountain. I can't do the whole hike thing.
1: <laughs> hey, that's a good uh, that's a that's a good one right there. What is your favorite? You traveled all over the place. Do you have a favorite like, maybe not even big city? Let's take you away from the big cities. Uh, do you have a favorite like town that you went to on on all your travels?
3: I don't know if it counts as a, a town, but I, I always people are always stunned when I tell them. I think my favorite place to just go and hang out was Milwaukee, uh, and like a lot of people don't realize Milwaukee's actually really great because. Uh first and foremost they have a really cool music scene. They got a great bar scene obviously. My favorite Italian restaurant in the world is there, so I'm a big fan. Um you know and and I loved going to Milwaukee and having a day off cuz you can walk anything, go anywhere. There's stuff to see. I mean I I really I dig Milwaukee as a city plus again it's a great music city too. So there's a lot that I love there and uh I, I don't know man, we were lucky. I was really lucky to get to see most of The world uh, with the band and so you know I think what surprised me the most we went to Europe at one point for six weeks and I really expected places like Paris to be you know the the highlights and for me they weren't like I think Amsterdam and uh, Cologne Germany were the two coolest places we went over there so like places that were a little off the 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 radar for what we thought were going to be the most awesome really were for me. That's pretty cool. Uh, That's the way
1: it works sometimes. Jason Fitz with us on Action Sports Jackson on ESPN 690. You catch him 1-3 to three on First Take, Your Take. And over here, Austin is just beaming with pride uh, for Milwaukee. He's a Wisconsin Midwest, guy. Friend, the good old Midwest. So, uh, you, you hit a sweet spot. Yes, you did. There, Jason Fitz. Are we about to hit the sweet spot in sports? NHL talking about making some waves here later tonight. Uh, word is Gary Bettman will make a, an announcement. Uh, the NBA closer and closer with Orlando being a sight. It's a huge week, Jeff. Passant has been reporting for Major League Baseball. We saw the match. We've seen some golf and NASCAR and, and UFC. I, I just kind of feel like we've turned a little bit of a corner, man. It feels like it's coming back.
3: We have. And, you know, I, I don't think that I felt that way, you know, a week ago or two weeks ago. We've talked about, you know, at times I think you've got to be very real and, and really understand some of the challenges. But what we're seeing now state by state is it feels like everybody's gone from this mindset of, well, we can't do this, to the mindset of, how can we accomplish this? And to me, that's been a, a big shift. And, uh, you know, obviously there's nothing in concrete and I haven't heard anything that I can tell you that is definitive, but I can tell you that even the conversations I've had with people, you know, it behind the scenes trying to figure out what everything looks like. There's a different tone to all of it. There's sort of a different encouragement to all of it. And it feels like people genuinely right right now feel like there's going to be a plan to get to something. Will there be fans in the stand? How's it going to look? Those are all questions, three steps down the road, but I do feel like what we're going to get, especially from the NBA on Friday, is a real plan that that the players are going to be with and be behind out of the gates. And, you know, it's interesting that uh, I talked to uh, Tim Bontemps from uh, ESPN, NBA writer today, and he said that when the plan comes out from the Board of Governors on Friday, the Players Association doesn't even anticipate needing to take a vote because they've been so involved in the conversation up to this point. So it shows you when a league and players work together – Man, they can, they can figure out something. So yes, I feel better about the return of sports than I have. Since this all started. That's good. I do
1: too. And uh, by the way, no surprise with the NBA. I think Adam Silver's a, a legend when it comes to commissioners. I think he's really, really good. And you, we usually don't talk about commissioners in that light. I think uh, nine out of ten of his decisions, the way he, he works, are, are usually spot on. I think the players respect him maybe more than any other league respects its commissioner, uh, quite frankly, unless I'm missing something. You know, UFC's come back. NASCAR's come back. Uh, golf is set to come back in the middle of June. I'm going to leave that one out of this kind of conversation the NHL potentially getting back first from a team sport here in the United States standpoint, how important do you think that is? Because the sports I've mentioned are other sports that are kind of casual observer sports, could use some growth. UFC obviously has a big niche and has grown a ton, but it it can certainly be exposed to newer fans. NASCAR, the same way. More fans, the merrier for NASCAR. It's not like it's top three in our sports culture here in the United States. And the NHL has really fallen off in that regard in terms of ranks of sport in the united states would it be something for them to kind of figure something out get back on the ice maybe sooner than the nba or mlb or anybody else
3: i think it's it's hugely important and look obviously having lived in nashville and my first local radio gig was with the affiliate for the predators i am a big hockey fan i am one of the hockey guys the problem is every other sport you mentioned understands the need if you talk like when i talk to ryan mcgee who covers nascar for espn before NASCAR's return, and I asked him flat out, why are they doing this? And he said, because they understand the opportunity. So, flash forward, I'm talking to Ariel Hawani, who covers MMA for us, and I'm saying, why is the UFC working so hard for this? And he says, because they want the eyeballs. All of these other sports understand that there's opportunity. The problem is... Hockey and oftentimes hockey fans and the people around the league, I think, get so centered on themselves that they forget that there are needs for the sport to grow. And if you want the sport to grow, you better get ahead of everything because, man, I, I believe if we're going to get what we think we're going to get starting around August, it's going to be harder than ever for attention to be paid to anything because you could end up with a situation where this fall gives us everything from the Kentucky Derby to the Masters to the NFL to college football and then add on top of that the NBA playoffs how the heck is the NHL going to separate during that time? So, yeah, they need to be aggressive and get ahead of it. Otherwise, they're going to be forgotten.
2: Jason, I agree with you, because we talk about the NHL. The cool thing about the NHL playoffs here, Brent, is the fact that you don't know what's going to happen. Okay? If I can watch the NBA playoffs, I probably am going to figure the Lakers probably go to the finals. The Bucks probably go to the finals. Like Usually that's you can the give way it works. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. In the NHL, you can't do that, man. I mean, yeah. you had two 1-seeds last year, lose right away in Tampa Bay and Calgary, okay? You had a team in the St. Louis Blues who had the worst record halfway through the season. So there's nothing quite like playoff hockey, and I think that kind of having the factor where you don't know what's, what's going to happen, you don't know who's going to win, that's going to maybe take some of the eyeballs away from sports like basketball right away and come over to hockey because... You're not really sure what's going to happen.
1: So yeah. I think it's great for the NHL. That's a good point, too, yeah. because everybody loves playoff hockey. Exactly. Nobody says playoff hockey is bad. Yep. So it might be an opportune time to jump in. Get those beards uh, out <laughs> in front of everybody. <laughs> oh, Jason, you know, so we,
2: yeah, we've already got the beards. Come on. <laughs> now.
1: Come <We're> ready to
3: <laughs> Let's
2: get it. Well, Jason, you know, we talked about the NBA a little bit and the NHL. Um, you know, the big question now going forward for the, for the NFL actually is, how does the NFL handle if a player comes down with COVID-19? How does the NFL handle if two, three players or four players are Locker room come down with COVID-19. Obviously, we don't have an answer yet. That'll probably come down the line um, in a couple weeks or so,
3: but how do you feel that, that they should handle it? I'm not sure that the NFL is going to care, and I know that sounds really callous, but do we ever really feel like the NFL cares about its players? I don't. I mean, I feel like if, if anything, I wouldn't be surprised to see the NFL come, turn around and take some sort of a strange stance where they allow for more roster uh, spots so that they can exempt people that Happen to fail the test that day. I mean, I, I just don't think that the NFL is worried about anything other than what they know, and what they know more than any is that they get their money from TV. This isn't college football. They get their cash from TV contracts. So as long as they can play games on TV, I don't think they really care who's wearing the uniform. Other than their quarterbacks. So, you know, I, I just I, I have a hard time believing that the NFL is going to stop anything that will prevent them from putting those games off.
1: Yeah, I don't know if you're wrong either. I think, uh, you know, we'll figure it out kind of mentality, or you guys figure it out. We're going along with our business yeah. uh, with the NFL. Jason Fitz, 1 p.m. until 3 p.m. First Take, your take. Always joining us on Tuesday on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. We're going to get into this next, so I'll ask you on your way out, Jason. Longest you've ever waited in a drive through Do you remember <laughs>
3: Oh my god! People waiting in drive-through. I mean, no. I, 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 I'm that guy that like if, if that drive-through doesn't get the food to me quick and easy, I'm out. Like, I mean, especially I got no patience. That like I'm the, I'd rather look at the drive-through line and walk inside and then taunt the people in the drive-through line as I go past them. Especially like like if you sit in a Starbucks drive-through, what's wrong with you? Like there is a level usually when you're allowed to go inside. Where you can mobile order, so you just mobile, mobile order before you order. get your car. You walk in, you get it. I mean, come on, you mobile order. A I'm a, I'm a oh, mobile order
1: guy. You guys guy. are crazy. Not only that, but at Starbucks, I like to put my own cream in my uh, in in the coffee. I oh. don't like them to do it because oh, it might be too goal, much.
2: You're, you're like the Rosa Parks of the Starbucks drive-through. <laughs> Congratulations. Why do you always use that reference? <laughs> because because he's just a pioneer, he's an innovator. What else you got for me? I don't know. Uh, Jason, it's a compliment. It's, no thanks worry. for jumping
1: in. We'll talk to you again next Tuesday, 1 p.m. until 3 p.m. First day here. take your take. Have a good one, man. Have a great week, guys. All Thanks, right, uh, Jason give me Fitts. some more
2: pioneers, bro. I don't know who <laughs> else you got. <laughs>
1: That's okay. your go-to pioneer. Go-to pioneer. What else do you want? Uh, the uh, I, I just don't think it's fair to Rosa to to liken her what she did to <laughs> yeah. me going to
3: Starbucks. Well, okay. I mean, the, the, the way you're talking <laughs> about
1: the cream and everything, it's, it's innovative, man. Congratulations. <laughs> All right, so this got, got me think. I have yeah. two sto- uh, two um like drive-through stories. Let's hear them. One is I used to go out like. Uh, let's see. If I do 1045, I would say I'd go out to like when I was a Dunkin' Donuts guy okay. and go get Dunkin' Donuts maybe about 1020 mm-hmm. sometimes before my show mm-hmm. on TV and have one like right across the way. Well, for a bit there, like that one was getting renovated or something. And so I had to go this one time. I think I ended up going towards Southside Boulevard. I had time. I was a little earlier. Okay. Uh, so I go through the drive through, which I did do the drive through at, at Dunkin' Donuts and. I'm there and I'm there and I'm I'm it's taking forever. Like there's only like three cars in line but I'm it's taking forever. Well, I got to be on TV in like 12 minutes. <laughs> Stress. So but I'm I'm boxed in. Yeah. So Where'd I have go? to go curb jumping. <laughs> <laughs> like in the little t- just to get out of there. I never got the coffee. Had to go curb jumping just to make it back for the show. i like, "How am I going to explain this? I'm stuck in a drive-through." They'll be like, "Why did you go to get coffee at 10:20 at night?" Right? Good point. Yeah, that's yeah, a good yeah. point. Yeah. But see, as part of like I like the rush of coming back. I didn't like that much of a rush.
2: How do you like stressing yourself out that I much? I like, hey, I do, man. There's other ways to get a rush, Brent. I don't know. But sticking in a drive-through and being late for work, it's not one of them to me. Well, so then yesterday we're in we're coming
1: back Kaylee's yeah. tournament's so over in Claremont, and we can't like figure out like what are we eating? I don't know. Kaylee had zaxby's. I, I sure. had, had zaxby's the day before, and so we see a Popeyes. Yeah, I'm like, all right, we go for Popeyes.
2: Yeah,
1: I like the Cajun rice at Popeyes. Yeah, and let's see. If I've only had the chicken sandwich once. Other time I went there, were out of them. Okay, so we go, and it's a longer line, mm-hmm. but we're not in a hurry. Mm-hmm. So we're like, all right, whatever. We go in the line. Well, I think we got in the line at twelve fifty. Yeah. I think we got through the line at like 128, and and there was a time I had to make a decision, Yeah. and nobody in my car could make a decision quick enough because I was like, all right, we can either get driving. out or we can keep going, mm-hmm. and some kind of whispered out, we can keep going, and then as I pull forward, and now I'm blocked in, yeah. they're like, oh my gosh, we don't have to be here for this long, you know, one of those type <laughs> of things. Well, we get up to it, and they're, um the walkie-talkie system, the intercom system is down. So oh, that's what's causing a lot of problems because okay. they can't give the orders. Yeah. You have to order at the window. And so it's taking forever. Seriously, I mean, though, we were in line. The chicken sandwich was really good, though, again. Yeah, You're really lying, man. Now, you we, really we were, hoping, we're like, we're going to get up here. They're not going to have chicken sandwich. <laughs> Just absolutely lose your mind. Oh, yeah. That. Yeah, yeah. But, but no, we were very patient. Well, we didn't have anywhere to go. And I felt bad because they were very nice. Yeah. And they had, uh, you know, people were giving them a hard time, yeah. right, for waiting that long. And yeah. there were people curb jumping, yeah. by the way, and getting out of there. But uh, it got me well, thinking. I was like, what's the longest you've ever waited? We seriously waited about
2: 36 minutes. And in Popeye's drive-through yesterday. Listen, we always. And I'm not to, even bad mouthing him. Yeah, we always talk about the NFL being the copycat league. Well, the fast food came has to be the copycat league as well. Popeyes, great product. Had him on the show, chicken sandwiches to die for. We did. But let's go did ahead the and taste let's test. Let's go ahead and peek over at Chick-fil-A. That's a what Ty said. Like. Let's go ahead and uh, watch some film, study a little bit, and see what they're doing. Why doesn't everybody do it? I know, man. Oh, it's so efficient. I mean, if, if the owner of, of Chick fil A could run the economy for the next hundred years, Brent, we're we're talking we're, we got a profit going on here in the U S. economy. No offense to any political I'm people you, out there. <laughs> I'm ahead.
4: telling you, I have like the best business idea for Chick fil A. All right, so you make it two stories, right? And then you have like a ramp that goes to the second story, and that also has a takeout window that you can order from. And then you have it like veer off to the side. Okay. So technically, you could be doing four. Drive through orders at once instead of two. And then up north, where you can have basements, you could have one go under. Then you got three levels of takeout. Somebody cut the check. I'm I'm, it's a, I'm about
2: this. I've heard worse ideas. I mean, that's kind of like what McDonald's is doing now at the McDonald's on Southside, where it's like two lanes you can go in. That's yeah. what I'm saying. You do two Except lanes we'll for four. both,
4: but then you have one go up a floor and one down. And like, I don't trust people to drive, so it would be like a car wash thing. Like, put yeah. your car in neutral and it'll pull you through. I
2: wonder if they had that, like, in some. I'm i I've never heard it, Coos. I don't think so. that's a pretty good idea. Listen, when it comes to waiting on a drive through but right, I'm gonna be honest, I don't care, because if you've been at Jack's Beach past 2 a.m. and you're the talk about waiting to get your order, you, you know, who you know what I'm talking about. I Kuz,
4: may, or may you not know exactly what you're what I'm talking about. about.
2: I mean, you you can put a whole John Grisham novel book tape on your car and finish the whole thing by the time you get your order. It's just the way it is. I mean, anything past 2 a.m. talk about Jack's Beach, you can get people dancing on top of your car. You can get fights. You can get people puking outside of their windows. I mean, it's it's Thunderdome out there. Sounds man. entertaining. It's, it's Thunderdome out there, man. And you know what? It's worth the wait every single Taco time. about usually pretty quick, even if it's a long oh, line. Right. You haven't been there at 2 a.m. I on haven't. Jack's Beach night. Yeah, David man. David
1: Wolfe, our buddy over at the Jags, texted me when I put this question out a little earlier. I waited 40 minutes in the Popeye's drive-thru f- for that new spicy chicken in August.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Tough.
1: He says, "Tough, this is exactly what happened to us. Tough part is you get boxed in once you realize how long it is and pass the point of return. Yep. <laughs> you, are right. man, you, you are pot committed, man. You are in committed. You are in there. Yep. But, uh, well, so
2: you've had some long lines at Jack's oh, Beach. Yeah, talk about so man. 36 that minutes was nothing. Pretty I mean, if, if, if I can remember. I, don't I think
1: that's what they get judged on. See, I'm actually which fits. Yeah, I I don't like going through the drive through. I actually don't. I will huh. park and go in. And but here's the deal about the drive through. Yeah. Most of the time they're going to get three to one through the drive through, and the reason I think that is, and I haven't worked in one of these places, but I think they get graded on the drive through. You know, like they keep that uh if you go to like McDonald's and places they keep a clock on when your order came up correct and i think they get graded that's on the drive national database of use? i think so huh. that's my that's my theory <laughs> at least is they get, if you watch they will take care of the drive through people Three to one before they'll take care of the in dining. Yeah, folks. yeah.
4: Now, they rig it. Some of, those, some of that is, makes
1: sense though, right? I mean, the drive through people are supposed to be more in a hurry.
2: It's fast food. You know, yeah. if yeah. you're coming
1: inside, you're like, well, you got time Listen, to kill. Listen,
2: if you go inside to a yeah. McDonald's or a Wendy's or something, you you have time on your hands. Okay, you have a lot of time you, on your hands. If you
1: need to give me the drive through or or going into a restaurant. Yeah, I may go into the restaurant. That's guy. crazy. See, have you ever Nine been, been to like crazy. The
4: fast food where they're like, you pull up and you're, you see, you can see the clock, like you're talking about. You can see it on the on the little like screen they have. Yeah, and they'll and what it does is the second your car weight comes off that spot, I think, is when the timer goes. So there's some places like the one near my house. When you go through, they'll be like, hey, just pull up to that parking spot. We'll walk it out. And I'm like, ah, no, that's no, 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 why no, 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 they no. do that. Wow. Yeah. That's a good call. So I'm, a- I'm almost positive that's why they do it. That's what? good call. See that? I thinking about that.
2: I think there's conspiracy here. Oh, I can't wait to read this. No, system. I'm not. Pull, I'm pulling right. I'm saying right here. I'm not pulling up for anything. There's no. There's <laughs> no one behind me. You bring it to me at the window like but it's supposed are, to be. Like a Arrested out at the party spot party. Spot now.
4: <laughs> they have like takeout parking spots yeah. or, or drive-through parking spots. They're like, go park over there. We'll bring it out to you.
1: Ah, yeah, you guys do bring up the great point though. Chick-fil-A is widely known as like the greatest like drive-through, and they're so efficient. I mean, Why doesn't everybody do that? Like, you can't <sighs> patent
2: that, can you? Can you patent like your drive-through? No, I don't think so. But I think it's the I mean, listen, model. I, I've never applied for a Chick Fil A uh, application or a job, but I assume like I think we get one. Checks. All the, all the, I don't know, man. Well, I, I have a police report. I'm, I mean, I have some police uh, true, you history You probably activity, wouldn't get one, but I yeah. just think
1: all the positive publicity we're giving them right now, That's we a should good good point get one. We should.
2: But forget it, the resume. But you ever notice though? They're always quality people. They're always wishing you, you know, have a great day. Good people, God bless. What the weather's we like? like to, what do you guys want?
4: We used to play a game at the one down in Saint Augustine where we would sit the furthest from a trash can and the goal was we would go one by one to try to get to the trash can before someone took the the trash oh. from us to, we, whoever could get to the trash can I won i mean how do, good. You, do you tip, do you tip chick-fil-a employees
2: because it's getting to the point it's getting there honestly you know what's funny I,
1: I tip the popeyes Lady yesterday, really? Because I knew she was have, had to be having a bad day.
2: I got you. So I was
1: like, here, keep the change. And it was it's, it's like seven bucks. Well, well but uh, it's, uh,
2: it's, you know, Brett went on Twitter and posted and saying I
1: somebody. I I'm kidding, <laughs> man. You know, I'm joking. <laughs> I, I did know, not. So yeah. And now if I gave her like a thousand, like Ocho Cinco, I probably <laughs> oh, would. Check out sure. the good deed I did. Yeah. yeah. No kidding. <laughs> but uh, no, I will say I, I think I'm an okay tipper, and I think Spot said I don't tip. I just probably I don't know you're supposed to tip. Yeah. Um. Or or. I don't know. I just I, I don't. There are some things that I just don't say, oh, I got to tip that person. Yeah. And then I think I might be in the wrong, though, um, in terms of the etiquette of that. Sure. But I don't
2: ever think about tipping the Chick-fil-A folks. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Should I? Uh, I mean, I haven't personally, but I'm just saying what they bring to the table. Maybe eventually. Maybe we should. Maybe we should. They're they're that impressive, but in a sense, aren't they like my golf course guys
1: that I complain about? Like, I'm not in a country club; I'm at a (laughs) public golf course, and they want to come grab my bag because they want a tip. So, aren't the Chick Fil A people pretty much the same thing? Like, I'm going to come get your trash, and even though you, I don't have to, and you can bring the trash up because I'm hoping that you give me a tip. See, you're you're the one guy.
2: You're the one guy at the private golf course I used to work at when I used to carry bags off the course and put them in their car. You're the one guy who said no, thanks, I'm fine. And just to let you know, that one guy that did that when he he left the parking lot we had some choice words uh to say about him okay that's all i'm gonna say brett take it for what you want
1: yeah i might be that guy at times. <laughs> uh, when we come back something i didn't get to in this segment we'll do it next tight ends or receivers jay gruden talks about the importance of tight ends mm-hmm. it got me thinking are they more important than receivers especially on the depth chart i understand a number one wide receiver is can really change your, your, your game, although they don't make Super Bowls and win Super Bowls very often. <laughs> True. Tight ends certainly are winning Super Bowls and going to Super Bowls a lot more than those number one wide receivers. Is it a fair point? Should we ask ourselves that? Should organizations look more into that, especially this one that's been really in tough shape when it comes to tight ends over the last decade or so? We talk about it next. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690.
0: I don't know how important the tight end position is because if you look at our uh, successful teams in Cincinnati and in Washington, when Jordan Reed and Vernon Davis played with the Redskins, we were pretty good on offense, really, especially on third down and in the red zone. When those guys didn't play, you're asked to replace them with some younger guys who quite aren't as athletic or gifted as those guys. It's, It's difficult down there. You can double receivers all you want. It's hard to double tight ends and tight ends. Really, are a key component down there in the red zone and on third down, and their quarterback's best friend. You know, the passes don't have to be 25 yards down the field. They can be option routes, choice routes, in-breaking routes. You know, quicker type element passes. If you have that tight end, and I think Aden Tyler Eifert, he's done that. He's run the option route with a fly. He's lined up outside. He makes the defense show their hand a little bit. Better.
1: That's Jay Gruden, Jaguars offense coordinator, talking about the tight end position. I'm listening to him rattle through that this afternoon when he's meeting with local uh, media. And it was it kind of caught my attention. We we know. We've talked a lot about the tight end. Okay, Jags have been deprived at the tight end position. It's been lacking for sure. And what he goes on to say at the end of that is something to the effect of it really ties you up if you don't have that option. Mm -hmm. And what you can do with that option is tenfold what you can do without it. And if you look at this team last year, really over the years, I think, I I don't want to discredit Mercedes Lewis, but either the way they use that position or the talent that they had and the depth they've had here in Jacksonville just hasn't been good enough. So, therefore, the production has been almost nil for a long time in Jacksonville. Now, in 17, if you take 17, O'Shaughnessy came up with some some big plays, and Mercedes had five touchdown catches. Mm -hmm. That was like his most since he made the Pro Bowl earlier in his career, which I think was back in 2010. So... The times where the Jaguars have had tight end product production in the last, say, decade, they've also been pretty decent. The Jaguars have not been pretty decent on offense for the most part, and they also have not had a lot of tight end production. Brent Martin, no, Austin Lane, Coos. The question I want to get into here, because this is where my mind went, is it more important – and I'll begin with the depth part – is it more important for you to have tight end depth than it is to have even receiver depth? Hmm. Or could you even – Fully say, is it more important to have weapons at the tight end spot than it is at the receiving spot? Which sounds a little bit crazy in in the NFL to go that far. But if you look at some of these recent teams, man, and you look how dangerous they are, and you look at where they go in the playoffs and Super Bowls and winning Super Bowls, tight end is king the last few years. Yeah, I mean, if you go
2: back on the list of teams that have won a Super Bowl, you look at their roster, you look at the personnel, Odds are that they're going to have that tight end. They're going to have that guy that can be that difference maker even more than a bona fide one receiver. And we, we talked about it during the break, but obviously at had Julio Jones with Atlanta. But guess what? Atlanta didn't win. They're on their way. But exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it is kind of a crazy concept to come up with here where do you really value the tight end like that bona fide tight end more than even a bona fide wide receiver? And to answer that question, I would almost say yes for a couple reasons. Number one, the reason being what well, helps in the run game, right? Where it, if you have a, a bona fide blocking wide receiver, yeah, that's fine. But guess what? They're five yards, six yards off the play. If you have a bona fide tight end that can block, well, that's going to help you out in the run game, right? And then all of a sudden when you get helped out in the run game, what happens? That's where the play action comes in. And then you can get the ball through your tight end. But obviously, I think that's the second point here I want to make is it's the mismatch. Okay. Um, listen, if you have a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, if you have a guy like Brandon, uh, I almost said Brandon Cooks. Oh, uh, whoo, whoo, not, not, not that quite yet. Uh, you know, like, uh, like Michael Thomas, like Devontae Adams. If you have those types of guys, yeah. Odds are they're probably gonna have a great game. Now you can double team them um, if you have like a Jalen Ramsey type corner or Stefan Gilmore type corner, then you can put a guy on him and maybe you can limit him a little bit. But it's very hard to shut down a tight end unless you double team, right? Like there's not a lot of guys out there at linebacker, at safety, or even at corner sometimes that can take a tight end one on one if he's legit. You know, I'm reminded of Rob Gronkowski. I'm um, back in his prime, obviously Travis Kelsey now. So the mismatch opportunity, especially in the red zone. It's, it's it's always going to be there.
1: Yeah, and I I thought it was interesting to hear Gruden just talk about the tipping of the hand, whether it's the safety, whether it's linebackers that are going to be on them, whether mm-hmm. they might show that they could double one of your tight ends, uh, it, the matchups it creates for your receivers, for the quarterback. And so then you need your quarterback to recognize, right? There's mm-hmm. just this domino effect off that position. And I'll take it one step further, and, and Gruden didn't talk about this, but what's been my number one concern or worry about Gardner Minshew moving forward? His inability last year, I thought, to... Use the middle of the field. Again, I'll give them an excuse. They didn't have much at the tight end spot, and that's where you usually see uh, the middle of the field being used. But if they have that element, that should make Minshew a better quarterback. It should make the Jaguars more dynamic. It should give them more options on offense and make them tougher to defend. Mm-hmm. So I would ask you this question, man. Jaguars top three receivers right now. Well, listen, I, I'd say that if they, they go four deep. Uh, they'll go... Chark, Westbrook, Chenault, Chenault, and Conley. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Uh, I know that's leaving out like Keelan Cole, but I'm going to leave some. I'm not going to name every guy in the roster. So even if you wanted to leave Conley out of this discussion, if you don't think he's going to be much part of the offense this year, that's fine. Just for the sake of the question, take three or four of those guys. If you lose two of those players, I don't know which two, but if you lose two of them, and then in your tight end room, you have like five guys. But you lose two of those guys, mm-hmm. Eifert and O'Shaughnessy. O'Shaughnessy yeah. How do you feel? Or or who changes your offense more?
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And I just feel like you can go replace a receiver in production. Uh, I'm not saying you're going to get some guy that can walk up the street or a practice squad or your fifth wide receiver like Keelan Cole to be a Pro Bowl guy like Chark. Correct. But I think you can... Rely on them to go make some plays. I think the Jags have proven getting a guy at fifth on their depth chart, getting a guy off the street, adding a guy off somebody else's roster, doesn't really do a whole hell of a lot for you at the tight end position. I don't think we've seen a guy walk in here and really change
2: them in the tight end room over the last however many years. Listen, it comes down to this. It's pretty simple. Um, the elite tight end is much more of a rarity than the elite wide receiver, right? I mean, if you tell me right now, name the top ten wide receivers in the NFL. Well, I could probably do that. I can go Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, um, okay, maybe I can't do it. <laughs> no, uh, AJ you know, Green. Yeah, AJ Green, Adam Thielen, um, maybe McKenny Gaude this year. People like him a lot out of Detroit. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. I mean, you could go on and on, right? Yeah. I, I can name 10. You tell me the, name the top 10 tight ends right now in the NFL. Uh, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, uh, Zach Ertz. And then all of a sudden it's kind of like, well, I don't, I don't know. I mean, Is Ingram from the Giants, you know what I'm saying, like George Kittle's up there? Yeah. But you can't do it. So, to me, you know, the the tiers, where you have the Tier 1 tight ends, it's rarefied air. As opposed to, like, the Tier 1 wide receivers, you can go on for days and days with that. Now, when you get to to Tier 2, Tier 3, I mean... Then you lose everybody. You know, at least as wide receiver, there is that depth there. There is more of that productivity. So I just think it is such a rare occurrence to find that elite tier one tight end that when you have them, obviously you're pretty excited about it. So uh, let me get to
1: take this to a dramatic level. Okay. If the Jaguars don't stay healthy in their tight end room, they're screwed on offense in 2020.
2: I'm not going to say screwed because teams have been able to succeed. Not maybe win Super Bowls, but would succeed. I'm um, in terms of wins without an elite tight end. And I would argue, is Tyler an elite tight end? Obviously, he has the numbers to back it up, but also he has the injury history. So are the Jaguars screwed if Tyler Eifer gets hurt? I don't think so.
1: Alright, we'll see. What do you uh, think? What's your opinion? Well, I think, uh, and I don't know if Eifert's the only one. I just don't know who Oliver is yet. And, sure. and I'm certainly, listen, I think O'Shaughnessy's done a nice job, but he's still mm-hmm. a depth play for me. So I think if you lose those top two guys, one that you have hopes for, mm-hmm. uh, and you see like a ceiling for, like a, a, you know, some progress and, and ability to play make and ability to game plan around. Yeah, I think I told you I was taking this to a dramatic level. I don't know if screwed is the right word, but I feel a heck of a lot worse about their offense because, again, I just think it's in the trends, man. I mean, you can go the last three or four years. We had this conversation like two years ago. If you looked at everybody in the final four of each conference like two years ago, I think it was, or three years ago, they all had tight end play. Mm -hmm. I think all of them. You know, from Rob Gronkowski to Rudolph with Minnesota to Ertz and them. You know, now we go, we even come up to this year with the Ravens and obviously Kelsey and the Chiefs. I mean, the Kittle and the San Francisco. Ooh. You can't name like a Final Four team without naming a tight end. In fact, the year I did it was 17. Now this comes to mind. And the Jags were the worst one. They were actually an outlier. Yeah. They made it to the Final Four. Uh, in each conference, without really a bona fide tight end. Again, Mercedes played well that year, but it, still, you're not going to sit there and name Mercedes as a as a great pass catching tight end in the league. What year was Gronk out though for the Patriots? It wasn't that year because they covered him up.
2: I remember I mean, having the big hit. Was it maybe? Um, okay, but I remember one year Gronk was out for the Super Bowl.
1: He was. So yeah, he so, missed some time. Yeah. So,
2: but let me ask you it, this question. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: No, I mean the Patriots could be a little bit of an outlier yeah. there too because of Brady. I don't know, but still, they've been at their best with Gronk. All right, let me go and ask you this
2: question then. What's more – and once again, let's go ahead and knock on wood real quick because we don't wish to injure anybody, especially on the Jaguars. But what would be more detrimental to the offense, losing Tyler Eifert or losing Chris Thompson?
1: I would I would immediately say Eifert. Okay. Uh, okay. I would. I, now, that's a little bit of uh, probably a lack of respect for Thompson. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I, you're talking about a guy that's going – it's still even at his best, most likely impact plays on one down a series. In Thompson. He's likely going to be your third down guy. Now, maybe you bring him in another package. it would be mm-hmm. interesting to see how they use him. I understand the nature of the question, but I would say without question in my mind, I would say losing Eifert will be more devastating for the Jags than Thompson, and, and no this, doubt.
2: And this is where I'm going with it, right? Because you asked me, do I think the Jaguars are screwed if they lose a Tyler Eifert and maybe Josh Oliver isn't the guy that we think he is. Do I think they're screwed? I say absolutely not. I'm also intrigued because they've gotten Chris Thompson, right? The Patriots have shown kind of the blueprint for this for a long time now. When Gronk had those hip issues, when Gronk had the the shoulder the arm issue, James White stepped up. Right. Because when you talk about the power of a third down back or that, that pass catching running back, it's the power of bailing your quarterback out of rough situations. Now, yes, the tight end does it all the time. But if you don't have it, well, that's next man up. Usually the next man up is going to be that pass receiving running back. So that's why I'm not as worried. As I think some people would be if the tight end got hurt and tie off or somebody like that, just because they brought in Chris Thompson, who can kind of shoulder some of that load. All right, uh, Brent Morton of
1: Austin Lane here on a Tuesday. Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690. Tight ends, receivers, the topic. Steven is hanging around, I think, on the line. Let's get to him right now. I think he has a thought or two on uh, those positions. What's up, man? Hope you had a good weekend.
5: Oh, I uh, hope you guys had a good weekend. I'm sure Austin probably enjoyed double or nothing. Oh, absolutely, uh, man. You better believe it. Oh, yeah, Brian Cage. Hell, yeah. Uh my, uh, my opinion of that is, uh, they kind of go hand in hand. Tight end, great over the middle, and also they're kind of like your safety net if you can't see a receiver wide open. Because if you looked uh, last year with Gardner Minshew, he kind of had a pattern of Chark first, Conley second, Westbrook, and then Cole. Now, my other point is, I think I remember Brent saying this a few months ago, besides Chenault, Johnson, and Chark, they're the only ones staying after this year. Everybody else is what? I think on their uh, make or break year right now. I mean, how do you guys uh, think about that one?
1: Go ahead.
2: So, how do I think Thanks, about Yep. Yeah, so, how they're set up right now in terms of the contracts, I guess, is the question, and what do I think about it? I mean,. Obviously, for the future, it can kind of maybe leave some to be desired because the guys that are kind of on the back end and, you know, maybe can become free agents. Are they really going to be that starting caliber of a guy going forward for the Jacksonville Jaguars? We'll see. But also, I think it's an opportunity where if you are in that contract year, if you kind of are in the bubble, if you will, well, it's time to step up. Right. Because, listen. I truly think the Jackson Jaguars organization, they want to retain as many players as possible. They, they they want to sign guys in-house, um, you know, as free agents and bring them back, obviously, and let them be part of that core. So if guys can step up and do that, then I think the Jaguars will be all for it. Yeah, I, I think the Jags are in a
1: little bit of an interesting situation at the wide receiver position. But I also think they're in a good position because you're asking guys to really win their their nfl future this year Mm -hmm. that's why i like the jags in some of these respects to upset people or at least from the expectation standpoint Mm -hmm. they have cam robinson playing on a on a contract year they've got leonard fournette playing probably for another team but playing for big money in 2021 and they have these receivers nobody's under contract after this season really, uh, in in terms of Westbrook and, and Conley and those guys that are playing for their future. and There's a lot of money on the line. I think that's a great place to be as an organization and I always will use this example. If you go back to 17, they were in that situation similarly. Not everybody was playing for their contract, but a lot of folks on that team had a lot to prove. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it showed, again, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that because they have a lot to prove they're going to the AFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying I think they're going to surprise people so much more. I already think there's rosters better that, than people think it is. And I think Minshew, I believe in him more than other people do. So like I think the Jags are already going to be better than from a baseline standpoint, but I think the more guys you have like that, healthier, the, the healthier your situation is because you got football players with a lot of money out there dangling as a carrot, yeah. playing for their football lives, and and that's a, that's a good thing to be in. Now, the trouble is, on the other side, to Stephen's point, to your point, is you do have to reward them, and you have to make tough decisions. Yeah. You know, the Jaguars miss, right? They did not get A-Rob back. They signed Marquise Lee. That wasn't a win for the organization. Mm-hmm. A-Rob's better. A-Rob would have produced more. He also would have been more expensive, but it's not a, a win. So you have to make those tough decisions. I don't know what the future of their wide receiving group looks like,
2: but this year will go a long way to tell what it is. Without a doubt, and it comes down to this. you know, Whether it was me eight, nine years ago in the NFL locker room or those guys in the locker room now, the the, the dialogue among the players is always the same. If you win football games, guys will get paid. Whether they get paid on their own teams, whether they get paid in free agency from different teams, but the you know the the overall vibe every single year in the NFL is if you win games you get money. So I agree with you there, Brent, saying you know what, Um, if guys can show out, then maybe will the Jaguars sign them? We'll see. But. They're gonna have an opportunity to get more money at the end of the day. That's what it's all about. Yeah, if you look down the road, I mean, from a Jags pass receiver
1: standpoint, Josh Oliver will be under contract, DJ Chark, uh, and LaVisca Chenault. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of question marks outside of that, no doubt about it. You know, from running back Fournette to Westbrook, Conley, Cole. Keelan Cole, and you know, Tyler Eifert. Uh, So those, yeah, they'll have a lot of question marks going into next year. But we also believe next year will be a question marks on the offensive side of the ball Mm -hmm. that you're going to have to fill in free agency in the draft, much like they put a lot of emphasis on the defensive side of the ball. This year, uh, and what will really be even more intriguing is their offensive line. Will they cut bait with Andrew Norwell? Uh, will they re-sign a Cam Robinson? What will they do with AJ Cannon? Even Brandon Linder, even though he's pretty good price tag at, at this point, so they have a bunch of questions on the offensive side. What the Jags' job is to do from an individual standpoint and from an offensive standpoint is to make those very hard decisions mm-hmm. for the front office. Yeah. Uh, and and then the Jaguars, like I continue to say, if they want to be good in a couple of years, they have to hit on seventy percent of their decision making. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I know a lot of people don't. Try for that to happen, but it's just the nature of it. Yeah. If especially if you want to uh, uh, flip it around. Hey, before we uh, get out of this segment, we've uh, got an hour to go here on Action Sports Chats on ESPN six ninety. How was the climb,
2: man? Um, it was insane, right? Well, because what, what is it again? Uh, Am so- I supposed to have heard of this? I heard of what? This oh, mountain? Oh no 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 not at all. Um, and I totally forgot the name of it. I had it looked up before, but it, it, it's like a <laughs> fourteen thousand it, feet. Yeah, so it's in the Rocky Mountains. How was it? Um, it's a long story, but it was like I said, top three hardest things I've ever done. Um, it didn't help that I was probably going about four hours of sleep, um, and I had some basic beverages in me from last night, so mm. it didn't help anything at all either. But um, listen, I thought it was gonna be like a thing where I'm walking up a hill, talking to friends, just having a good time. No nah, man, it's like a climb. That that elevation hits differently, and it was to the point like where you couldn't even get a full breath out. Like it, it, literally, imagine imagine like a 200 pound guy sitting on your chest for two hours. That's that's what it was. You know, so you'd probably take maybe 80 steps or so, take a break, take a 10 minute break, 80 more steps, take a break, 80 more steps, take a break. So. It's it's amazing because it was like a six hour hike, all right. And the, the mental gymnastics that you go through because you're going so slow and you look up the mountain and you're not making any kind of progress, so you got him to stare at your feet a little bit. Um, it's probably one of the most mentally taxing things I've ever done it as well, just because man, you don't know when it's going to end. I want to hear more about, yeah, it. It. I'll uh, tell you about it.
1: And the question is out there: What's your best physical feat of your lifetime? Have you had a good one? Nine zero four three six two nine nine zero one, or jump in on the social media channels. We got an hour to go here at Action Sports, Jacks on ESPN six ninety.